Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot. Oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I'm here with my co-host, PK, all the way from Tucson. How are you, PK? I'm absolutely fabulous. It's a wonderful day today. Nice and warm, a little more of a breeze than I'd like, but feels delightful after our summer heat. I bet. Oh, my goodness. You guys have been roasting and roasting for months out there. So it's nice oh, God, to get some yeah. relief. Well, and here in cool. New England, it's, it's going to be 70 tomorrow. It's like, wow, we're having real temperate temperatures, and I am not complaining. It's just incredible that everything is changing the way it, it is. We're, we may have another 100 days coming up, but for the most part, we're now back. We're into the 90s now. Gosh. I'm just so excited to see here 90. <laughs> and it's cool not my down. age. <laughs> That's great. Well, we've got such an exciting show tonight with expert Tom Dongo. He is going to join us in just a few minutes. We're going to be talking about every single thing to do with UFOs and the Bradshaw Ranch, which I've been dying to hear about, ETs, abductions. It's all going to be on tonight, everybody. And If you have any questions for Tom, you can call us at 563-999-3539. Again, that's 563-999. Nine 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 three five three nine. So PK, tell us what's going on with numbers. You've got lots of stuff surfacing, huh? Lots of political oh, information. Oh my goodness! Is of that we have to remember that this is a month dealing with major changes. It's also a preview of next year. So nothing is normal. Nothing's going to stay calm and quiet. We're going to have things bouncing from everywhere throughout the rest of this month and definitely thereafter. So hang on to the side of the boat, folks, so that you don't get thrown in the water because it's going to be a rough ride that we're going to get for the next few weeks. Now, today deals with our finances and how you want to put things in order, and it's a great time to take a look at what do you want to do for the next couple of weeks. I should say for the next week, but... I'm saying a couple weeks because we're dealing with retrograde on top of everything else. So please remember, if something breaks down, don't throw it out and run out and buy something new. 
wait and see, because the odds are anything to do with electronics, after the retrograde is over, it will start to work again. It's always surprising how that can take place. But So we're just going to have to hold on, take a look at, but also remember that there is a luck factor that goes with this month. But since it's in a retrograde, it may not jump out at us right away where we can feel it. It may take a little bit for that oh-ho surprise moment. So just don't get impatient. We have to wait this one out. Well, I can't wait to see what else is going to be revealed. I know you talked about this uh, months ago, that we would all mm-hmm. be looking at new information, very scandalous information, and that's something we have predicted. Have we? Oh, God. I, I, I won't may, mention a name because I don't want anybody to think I'm prejudiced or whatever, but we do have a lot of information coming out about a young man, quote, a, that, what can you say? People, just pay attention to the news. Take a look at everything. Use your own good judgments. But holy cow, are we in for a ride? Was that good? Well, that <laughs> was <laughs> crazy that. times. I gotta say, oh my gosh. Um, sleepy. Well, I, sun, that's all. <laughs> I said it's very sleepy out here today. Do you have to watch the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I uh, I have to say, I just got a message from John Rhodes. I totally mixed up his time with us. So I'm going to just share with everybody that hopefully John will be able to come on next week. So anyways, I'm going to send him a quick text and tell him that I made a mistake. Um, and hopefully he will join us next week. And we're going to be talking about cryptids, which is my favorite topic. The one that scares me the most, the skinwalker. Mm-hmm. You want to hear about that from John. So, anyways, uh, I also want to send everybody to our Facebook page because we have a story there about fairies abducting people. It's fascinating. Go take a look at it. Lots of UFO stories there as well. Give us a like and a follow. And uh, also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and soon on TikTok. Well, actually, you can follow us on TikTok now. We're going to be putting up content soon. So anyways, our guest tonight is is an incredible expert on UFOs. Let me tell you who it is. It is Tom Dongo. He is widely recognized as one of America's leading experts on the paranormal, UFOs and extraterrestrials. He is the author of eight books that focus on the paranormal, including his bestseller, the revised edition of Merging Dimensions, which describes the incredibly Strange paranormal happenings which took place on the Bradshaw Ranch in Sedona, Arizona. He has appeared on over three dozen national and international television shows, and he has been on 40 international talk shows, reaching over 17 million listeners worldwide. Tom speaks widely and was also a featured speaker at the International UFO Congress. He's here with us tonight. Tom, welcome to the show. Well, I'm glad to be here. Uh, it's going to be fun. Oh, we're happy to have you. There's a question about that. Can't wait to hear what you've got to tell us today. And Yeah, and also, why UFOs? Why? How did you get into this? Uh, you know, I've probably been asked that 10,000 times, and I never get tired of it. I, I, uh, when I do, when I do uh, lectures, that's the, that's the one question. It's the first question people always ask me. So you know, I'll, I'll kind of go back from the beginning. I was uh, uh, 
I was uh, I had a, a, a sporting goods store in Reno, Nevada, and I uh, I was walking down the the, uh, the street one day, and a giant pair of hands grabbed me. Uh, I mean, it was from my waist to my shoulder, a giant pair of hands, and I've heard other people talk about this before. So anyway, these these hands were steering me down the sidewalk and came to a parking lot and it turned me into the parking lot and I was going in between these just hands were steering me in between the cars and I saw I was head, <laughs> I was headed for a, a bookstore so I said wow this is going to be interesting so went through the front door <clears throat> went through the front door going down through the aisles and I got to the back of the store and there was a big rack of uh, used books and the hands bent me down so I was looking at a book right on the floor and it was uh, Seth Speaks by Jane Roberts so I, oh, yeah. I spent six I spent six months studying that, and that's really what got me into all of this. Um, uh, it's an incredible book, Seth Speaks by Jane Roberts. At any rate, so to make a long story short, I, when I got to, uh, I really had no interest in, in UFOs. And I'd seen a few when I was younger. I grew up in Maine, uh, in Falmouth, Maine, and I, I'd seen a few there, but I had no interest in UFOs. It was, you know, just a funny light in the sky and that kind of stuff. So I got to uh, I got to uh, I, I moved from uh, Santa Cruz, California, to uh, Sedona. I, I I was in Sedona 32 years. I I live in in Cottonwood now, which is about 20 miles south. And uh, I, uh, I I started to uh, constantly run into uh, UFO stories, uh, flying saucer stories, and uh, uh, extraterrestrial stuff. Um, and then so I I started digging around. Oh, I'm getting a, I'm getting a bad echo. Yeah, I'm hearing uh, it as well. Are you on a landline? Yeah, no, well, cell phone. Okay, mm. you might want to try to move around and see if we can get a better signal with you. Okay. Uh, okay, I seem to have. Yeah, it's not there now. So. Yeah. Oh, uh, good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyway, I. Uh, uh, whoop, yep. Uh, so I started to dig more uh, into it, and I, uh, I I started to write some stories. And uh, I, I've been I was always a writer. I've, I've written ma- uh, magazines uh, stories for uh, 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 you know big name magazines like Skiing Magazine and a few in Europe. And uh, uh, so. I, uh, I I started digging around and gathering information, and I, I ended up writing a story for a, a, a monthly periodical in in uh, Sedona. That's uh, that's uh, uh, it was. Uh, it, it took me seven days to write the story. The woman that had the uh, the, uh, uh, the the periodical, uh, she took the book the uh, that I wrote uh, uh, the book the, the story that I wrote and made it into a book. She wanted to she wanted to. Uh, she wanted to uh, start a, a book writing business, and she's still in business. She's my, she's my publisher. She's been in business now for, I think, 40 years, and uh, uh, she's, mo- she's moved from Sedona up to Flagstaff. But uh, so she, uh, she took the story I wrote in seven days, and it's, it's my, my first book. She made it into a book, The Mysteries of Sedona, and that, that book has been in print now for 34 years, and it's still... Uh, one of my best-selling books. <laughs> it's a white book. Yeah. So anyway, I, she didn't tell me she was going to make it into a book. So it, it launched her into the book publishing business, and it got me into the, the book publishing business. So, so I had a first book. So I figured, what the heck? I might as well do another one. 
Yeah, so I did. I, I started the Alien Tide, uh, and I, I uh, about halfway through the book, I ran out of stuff I could write about. I said, well, I guess that's going to be the end of this book. And then I suddenly got avalanched with material from everywhere. Uh, so I ended up, uh, uh, as a result of studying for the Alien Tide, I ended up interviewing, I, I, I estimate around 400 people that, uh, in five years that had abductee and contactee experiences, experiences, kind of like Bud Hopkins, you know. But, yeah. you know, the funny thing is, yeah, you know, the funny, the funny thing is, though, all these people, as terrified as they were, you know, some, Bud, Bud Hopkins came up with some awful bad stuff. But I, I never, you know, I had, I had uh, you know, p- people that were near suicide. And I would, uh, the, the, the odd thing about, you know, I'm always going, why me? What it is about me? I would get involved in these things, and it would stop every single time. And I say, "What is it about me?" So I figure, you know, they, they either respect me or fear me, one or the other. So, you know, so, so anyway, I uh, suddenly I was avalanched with with uh, more stories. I could, I could. They were coming from everywhere suddenly. So I, I finished the Alien Tide, and, uh, and then I, I, I uh, then I ended up writing eight books totally, and two of them out of out, out of print forever. One of them, oh uh, the God. Quest, is my yeah. The, the Quest is my my favorite book. Uh, I, I love that book. And it's it's we we uh, COVID hit just as we were reprinting it, so my publisher, it's it's done forever. It's uh, uh, my publisher d- doesn't have the money now to reprint it uh, as a re- because of COVID. Uh, oh, what so, a so anyway. Yeah, yeah. I've had, I've had offers to 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 other other publishers to print it, but it'd be such a such a hassle. It's not worth it. Uh, you know, oh, it's a couple yeah. are in, in New, New, a couple are in New York, and it would be so much of a hassle. It just wouldn't be worth it. So I uh, so at any rate, that was uh, that was kind of what launched it. And I uh, I uh, the, all these people that I these abductees, they uh, I mean I was right in there amongst them. You know, people that were. I, I would probably at least 20 of those people were, were very close to suicide with the experiences they were having with extraterrestrials. Uh, and I've never—I don't fear anything. I—I never—I never have. I've been—I've been—you know—I've been called totally reckless. And I said, no, I—I I don't just don't fear it. So they, they don't bother me. But you know, all these people that were terrified by their experiences, and I'm sure it was terrifying. You know, you're laying on a table and these funny-looking bug-like creatures are, are sticking things in you. You know, it would probably scare the hell out of me, too. But, right. you know, every every single person, every single person that had these uh, contactee experiences, their their consciousness was raised immensely. They, 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 were, they cared about people better. They cared about themselves better. They ate better food. Uh, they were very, very conscious of the planet and the animals. You know, they, they were very, uh, their consciousness was raised when before they didn't, you know, they ate hamburgers and French fries and suddenly they're vegetarians eating, you know, excellent, wonderful food. And I saw this every single person. So whatever the extraterrestrials were doing, there was a good result of it. Uh, so, you know, I, uh, anyway, they got me started in this whole thing. That's amazing. What an incredible story. So it sounds like you were chosen to have those hands mm-hmm. come down and, and direct you the way they did. And also the fact that you said when you got involved, it all stopped. Were you referring to that these constant abductions these people were undergoing stopped or their suicidal thoughts stopped? 
Well, the 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 the, the, uh, the extraterrestrials stop stop messing with them. I mean, this happened oh, okay. dozens of times. I, I would I would jump right into these things. I mean, I've I've been. Uh, we can talk about this later. The only two the only two things I fear, I'm af- I'm afraid of are dogmen and uh, I, something that I call an awful evil. We can talk about that later. Okay. But you were talking about cryptids. The only thing, uh, skinwalkers don't bother me. You know, I'm, I'm right on the edge of the Navajo reservation, so I know a lot. I know a lot. Yeah, about you must know all about that. Yeah, I do. I, I have I have Navajo friends that. Uh, one woman, she's a full-blooded Navajo, and she was a shaman. She she was a in the men the men's circles. She was one one of the the shamans. I mean, that's a great honor for a, for a woman, you know. And, and uh, the the men yeah the men accepted her totally. So uh, she we were going to do a, a thing uh, 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 on the Navajo reservation. The, what happens with extraterrestrials and UFOs on the Navajo Nation? All all the Indian nations is you you. You, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, they, they land in people's yards, they get out and talk to them and walk around. I've interviewed a lot of these people, and, and they don't care. They're not, they're not, you know, they have no ego. They're not, they're not worried about, you know, they're not interested. They, they know they're not going to get rich telling this story. These are just co- common, ordinary, most of the time very poor people that had an incredible uh, UFO extraterrestrial experience. I, I can tell stories for two hours. About that. So at any rate, she, she, uh, her, her name was uh, 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 Pi, P-Y-E. So Pi and I were going to do it. She's a very bright woman. We, we were going to have, we had it all set up, but we didn't get the funding that we, th- we thought we were going to. We had, we had the, ho- the whole Navajo Nation set up. And, and she was, and the, you know, and the Indians don't trust white people. You know, they got a, a good reason. So, uh, uh, you know, even as many friends as I've had, they, they've, got a basic, they've got a basic distrust of white people. So anyway, Pi was going to be the the uh, I was going to be the uh, the the, the ad, ad, you know I was advising, and she was going to uh, you know be be the be the uh, the uh, the one that was visible. And so we had people all over the Navajo Nation that were going to call call in to us, and uh, and, uh, and 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 the stories, um, you know maybe, maybe later we will have a little time to I can talk tell some of these stories. They're incredible what what happened. And they still to this day. This stuff is still going on with the uh, the Indians, you know, and I, I get I get criticized. I don't call them Indians; call them Native Americans. I have never heard an Indian call another Indian a Native American, not once. <laughs> yeah, right. So I so, know we don't have to be politically correct, do we? I mean, just you know, like you said, yeah. it's it is what it is. But th- these are yeah. amazing stories that you're starting to to lead into here, and. So it's just common for them to walk out into their yard and a UFO is there and these ETs ready to talk to them. That's incredible. Gosh. Well, this this uh, it, uh, it, uh, it, I, I, I did my research at, at Indian Wells. It's, there's nothing there now. The, the town that was there is gone. But the people that I I, I was uh, 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 visiting with live. It's it's called Indian Wells, and uh, there was there's a woman. There's a lot of, you know, those people are very, very poor. They have nothing. And I, I mean, they have nothing. They have a place to live in that's often given to them by the government, but, but they, have, they, have, they have no phones. They have, uh, uh, you know, a, a, you know a, a car that's 20 years old. And, and uh, so at any rate, there was a, a woman, she's pretty, pretty, uh, uh, pretty old like me, she was. Uh, she came. She 
Yeah, 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 right. Uh, a UFO <laughs> landed in, you know, and it's the Indians that were telling me this, you know, I, I, and I know that they never, never lied to me. They never made this stuff up. They didn't have to. They didn't, they didn't want to. They had no ego, no. But, but a, a UFO landed in this woman's yard, and, and a lot of these Indians live in the middle of nowhere, and I'm talking nowhere. Uh, the roads are bad, and the roads are snowed in or washed out, you know, sometimes months. Uh, 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 so anyway, this this ship, this alien spacecraft, landed in this woman's front yard. I mean, they they talk about this like it's no big deal. They don't get excited about it. It just happened, you know. And so th these aliens, and they were human aliens. They weren't they weren't humanoids. They were human. So mm -hmm. they're they're always doing some kind of research. If, if they land uh, in a you know a fairly remote place, they they're, they're doing research. And these were so she just went over and, and talked to them like they were neighbors, you know. And says, "Well, how are you doing?" They said, "Oh, we're just great," you know. So anyway, she talked to them. <laughs> she talked to these extra, yeah. She talked to these extraterrestrials for about 15, 20 minutes, and went back in her house and finished her cooking, while while they looked around and and uh, you know and did whatever they were going to do, and, they, and then they took off. You know, the Indians told me this. The Navajos told me this. Like it's no big deal. I mean, this stuff happens a lot up here. So do you ever hear about that outside? No. And, and uh, the uh, the the uh, Washington State reservations, uh, it's even it's even more dramatic. I mean I mean they, I mean they they I I have a video of the police chief of the uh, oh boy I can never remember that name same as the roof racks. Uh, I'll think of it probably at the end of the show. But anyway, he he was <laughs> it's a big it's a big re big reservation and uh, and uh, uh, Yakima Yakima hey. Not bad. There you go. Yakima Reservation. I've, I've got I've got a video of him. A friend of mine was a UFO researcher. This is the chief of police on the Yakima Nation, in uniform, talking about the little people that he he run he'd see on his on his tour. You know, when he's driving around in his police car, and uh, he, he'd see them little people. You know, ten inches tall or whatever. And uh, and he was he was you know here's here's a uh, uh, you know. Talking about it matter matter of factly, no big deal. It's just something. He was telling this story. He was way up on a mountain. These are mostly uh, dirt roads, and he was coming down, and he saw an, an old, a old, old, old woman carrying a, a shoulder full of sticks. So he stopped, and he realized she was only about uh, uh, 18 inches tall. So he he got out, and and she started to run when she saw he stopped. So he followed her, uh, you know, through the rocks, and she just disappeared. Little people, and they're real. Uh, you know, you know, they're they're real. There's people just don't, you know, allow themselves to think about that. So that's the stuff he now, talked about. The chief. Of, but when you say yeah, little people, are you talking about the fairy kingdom, or are you talking about tiny extraterrestrials? No, no, there are different kinds. There's extraterrestrials. The, the smallest extraterrestrials that I know of are six inches tall, and they fly ships. They've oh yeah, God. they've flown right through. Yeah, they've flown right. <laughs> Yeah, they've flown right through people's bedroom windows in their ships, and and landed somewhere and got out. And they were six inches six inches tall. There's a you know a lot of research done on that. Uh, so, but no, they're they're different. There's, there's there's elementals, you know. There's fairies. There's gnomes. There's elves. Right. Little people. Little people. Little humans. And they're real. They're absolutely real. So. Wow. This is just incredible. I mean, we certainly know they're real, but to know that this gentleman actually had this experience is incredible. Because don't they usually 
they don't want to be seen, do they? Unless, unless no, they they don't like to be seen. They don't like to deal with us. Uh, they they're they're uh, un, unless they want to be seen. They they want to interact with somebody, but that that's rare. They try to hide. They always trying to hide. Uh, I I personally have never seen uh, in, any sign of a, a small person. Uh, I spent when I was my younger life in the woods and whatnot, and I've seen plenty of big tracks like Bigfoot. I studied Bigfoot since I was 16, so we we can talk about the next three hours on Bigfoot if you want. Oh my goodness! But, okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, I I know Bigfoot in and out. They're real. They're absolutely real. They're very gentle, and they're everywhere. Different kinds of them. Uh, different tribes. So anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. Different, well, yeah. They're, I'll tell a quick story. I have a friend that was a CIA. Uh, 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 <laughs> Uh, Annie, you're, I know you're listening. You, <laughs> yeah, my friend Annie, my friend Annie's listening. So hi, Annie. So I got to tell this story right. He, he was a he was a, a CIA operative, <laughs> and uh, he was sent to uh, Mongolia. And I, I I know two stories like this, and they both they're both basically the same. Uh, so uh, anyway, he, he was sent to. Uh, uh, I, I get the two stories mixed up because they're so similar. So the uh, Mongolian uh, 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 shamans took him to a very remote place in Mongolia to meet a yeti, and yetis are different than Bigfoot. They're they're not they're skinnier and they're smaller, but they, but they're real. And he he met a yeti, and it didn't. One one instance the the uh, the yeti talked, and in this particular one that Annie told me about, he didn't. They were they were just. Uh, but uh, the guy said it was one of the most intelligent looking creatures he's, he'd ever seen. Uh, and then the, the uh, shamans took him back. So anyway, I know two stories that are almost identical like they, that. Here's that my question, Tom. What did, did the Yeti talk about? What did he say? You know, I, I, yeah, I don't know. The one that did talk to a Yeti, they, they went there. The, uh, the CIA sent him there for a reason, but, but they didn't tell me what, he talk, what they talked about. That was the one thing they, 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 uh, they left out. Oh, my. Wow, this is fascinating. Well, you know our tagline on this show is where paranormal is normal because all of these things are normal to us. And you have had the privilege of meeting people that have had these experiences and having these experiences yourself. So good for you. We want to know your secret. Yeah, well, yeah, well the, super, <clears throat> the super paranormal is normal to me because I've been dealing with it for 50 years. <clears throat> so stuff that a lot of people, you know, it, this, you know, I, I used to, I talk about this. I used to be attacked constantly by disbelievers, skeptics, uh, debunkers. I, I, I gave up three times because I couldn't, I couldn't take the attacks. Now nobody, everybody is super in, interested in what I've got to say because I can prove it. Uh, you know, I've had witnesses. I, I can most of the things that I've, uh, I've done. There are witnesses with me that can prove what I saw. And, and so and a lot of the things that I thought I was going crazy have come true. You know, I, I've, so many times I thought, I thought I'm going insane. I, I know it. I just, I just, I'm trying to see the signs of, you know, you know, was I drooling in my oatmeal or something? And, and usually <laughs> some, yeah, right. So, you know, and usually something, something, uh, I, I, I would think I've got to be going insane and something would, would validate it. Something, something would happen that would pr- prove I was right. I wasn't crazy. So, now I do crazy stuff all the time, and people are absolutely fascinated by it because because I, I I've been there, done that. You know, like I said, 
when we were talking earlier, you know, I hunt them on their turf. I'm too old to do that now, but when I was younger, I'd hunt them on their turf. Bigfoot, I didn't care what they were. And I've, I've had some some hair-raising experience, some hair right. experiences. Yeah, I've but got, let me ask I've you a question to, a, a, yeah. about the UFOs and ETs. Because, you know, the fact that they're landing in people's backyards on these reservations, just having a casual conversation, is very intriguing. However, this is a question that comes up a lot when PK and I interview people on the show. Why aren't they providing more help? For example, like teaching some people how to heal, you know, to do things like that that they've been known to do themselves. Why don't they do more of that? Is there an answer to that question? Well, yeah, there absolutely is. They are doing that. Like the Swedes, uh, no, they are doing that, but they're trying to keep a low, prof- low, a low profile as possible. But they are here, and they are helping people. Uh, I'll tell you a story in a minute about the Swedes. Don't let me forget. I get, okay. I get off on tangents real easy. I've made a note. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. But uh, 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 Bill Hamilton, who was 20 years ago, he was the world's top UFO researcher. And, and um, oh, gosh, where was I going with that? Uh, oh, shoot. Now I totally forgot it. My mind went in a different direction. Well, but we, the question uh, was all about oh, why aren't yeah, they yeah. teaching more people how to heal yeah. like they know how to heal. They know how to do some pretty incredible things, and why aren't they transmitting that information to people they feel friendly yeah. to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, t- yeah, we can talk about that. I, I can tell you a lot about it. But anyway, Bill, Bill interviewed a, a guy. Okay, to to uh, to go go back a little bit. There are about fifteen. These are my estimates. There are about fifteen races of human extraterrestrials, and all the rest are humanoid. And I would say, there's uh, uh, the estimates I've seen from the U.S. government and whatnot. The uh, 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 the day after Roswell, Colonel Corso said there was seven. The the, the, the uh, uh, I, I deal with military people all intelligent uh, ex intelligence people, Army, Navy, and he uh, in the uh, the day after Roswell, he said that the Army knew of 71 races then that were on the Earth or coming uh, 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 on the Earth or coming and going from the Earth, uh, and so. Bill, uh, I would say there are about 125, and only about 15 of those are human. Uh, that's, that's, been, that's my evidence. So anyway, Bill was interviewing a guy. I've interviewed 12 people that had face-to-face human extraterrestrial experiences. They, they actually sat and talked with human extraterrestrials. and Every single time they said it was absolutely wonderful being around these people. So Bill... Bill uh, uh, interviewed a, a guy that 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 had had uh, run into uh, a, a landed uh, a, a UFO that uh, they talked, you know. And the guy said, you know, why don't why don't you come in and 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 uh, stop us and, and and save the planet before we we destroy it? And he said, you know, we we can't because we would we would be held responsible for the things you humans do as a result of our inter intervention intervention into your affairs. So. That's why they don't do it openly. They're, 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 they're uh, so uh, they're, 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 they are afraid of us because we're too unpredictable. So h- how do I know that? Because I can I talk to them, and I'm not only I'm not the only one. I can name a few names of people that talk to extra uh, talk to extraterrestrials because I, I'm I'm a, I'm a master remote viewer, 
and if you if you're a master remote viewer, you 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 can talk. I can talk to extraterrestrials. I've done it many times. So it's it's not easy. It's not like you and I talking. They they talk they they talk telepathically and they send pictures. You have to interpret their pictures. Not not all of them do it that way, but most of them do. And I've been face to face with the ones that are the the you know they're always talking about the bad guys and the good guys. Well, I've been face to face with the bad ones, and they as long as you recognize them, they they they, uh, they respect you. So and and they are, are the bad. bad ones? I mean, they're they're humanoids. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 the 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 ones that are really messing with us. They're they're, they're humanoids. The, the uh, human extraterrestrials are not. The ones that don't like us just don't bother with us. And there are some that don't like us. Oh, they're indifferent. You know, you, we, well, you you can do whatever you want to do. Blow yourself up on the planet. Have at it. That's their attitude. But there are there are there are uh, probably. Oh, I'm, I'm guessing six races of human extraterrestrials are doing everything they can to help us. Uh, like Billy Myers Pleiadians, you know, and, and, the, and the Swedes. Okay, I'll tell you the Swedes story. Okay. You guys got, you, you, you know, interrupt me if, you know, if you got ask questions. Yeah, we will. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, the tougher the better. I love tough questions. Okay. So anyway, yeah, so so anyway... This friend of mine, Gerald, now this happened about 12, 25, maybe 30 years ago. Uh, Gerald's, uh, Gerald's almost 90 now, so this happened quite a while ago. Him and another guy were in the, the interior of Mexico. And they, uh, uh, they uh, and Gerald, in a million years, wouldn't make up a story like this. There's no, there's no reason to. But anyway, these two guys were in the interior of Mexico, and they were they were driving around a beat up old jeep on, on beat up old roads that were brutal. And uh, so they, you know they they were in a village, and you know all these people with black hair. Well, there was this beautiful blonde girl, you know. And so they that caught their eye because uh, she was beautiful. She was you know she you know drop dead beautiful blonde girl. So anyway, they they uh, they were driving out of the village. And she was there, kind of thumbing a ride. She waved him down and said, "Will you give me a, a ride back to my 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 people?" And I, they said, "Well, yeah, sure, hop in." You know, so they they, they went on this brutal <clears throat> brutal ride, uh, you know, across the landscape on on cowpath roads, and they came to this huge valley, and they had to drive down, back down, drive down, back down to get to the bottom of this valley, and when they when they did. They got to. Uh, they got to. Uh, they, they said there were blonde-haired people. I, I, he didn't say how many, but I, I, I'm, I'm guessing about 50. Uh, and their their ships, their 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 flying saucers were hidden in the trees. They could see them. And Gerald thought it was wonderful, but his, the other guy was the other guy was going crazy. He was freaking out. He kept saying, "They're going to kill us. They're going to kill us. They're going to kill us." So you know, so the guy and they were there for three days, and the guy never quit. They're going to kill us. They're going to kill us. They're going to kill us. But Gerald said they were the sweetest. Yeah, Gerald said they were the sweetest people you can you can imagine. Kind, considerate, you know. And, and uh, so, so they were at the third day. They were and they were helping the peons, the the farmers, to grow the better crops. That's what they were doing all over South America. And he said, well, he, he they said the federales are going to catch up with us anytime. So we when when that happens, we have to leave immediately. So anyway. They, they they went out to the edge of the village and there's this long valley and the and the guy the the, ex, the Swede the extraterrestrial just held his hand out raised his hand and this ship comes up out of the trees a, 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 a disc 
flying saucer. And it comes all the way up the valley and tops, stops right over them. And this ladder-like thing drops out of it. And he says, come on, let's go, let's go for a ride on my ship. And then just then somebody came running out, federales, federales, federales. So he says, well, we got to go. And you, gotta, you, you two get out of here. You, you don't want to get caught here by the federales. So Gerald and the other guy ran to the Jeep and went, went back up, and, you know, back, and then that was the end of it. But that's, that's the sort of thing they do, and they're doing it wherever they can. But now the problem is the cameras. There's cameras everywhere. You know, back, back in the days there are, where, yes. where uh, yeah, they're, they're, you know, and they, they have the satellites, they're everywhere. So I, I'm sure, and, and I've, I've, I've heard that the U.S. government now has a beam weapon that can shoot down any UFO. They've had it for about five years. It can shoot down any UFO. So naturally they're nervous. Yeah, they should be. Well, how can yeah. they trust us? I mean, we react without thinking in too many cases. But don't we yeah, have there's a, been too many. Yeah, there's too many people yep. with cell phone cameras, obviously, so they can't deny it anymore, the government. No. But at the same time, they want to own this, right? The government wants to own this whole thing. That's why they have a big PR campaign, changing it from UFOs to UAPs and they're releasing information yeah. a little bit at a time. I mean, they have a plan. It's clear that they do. Well, uh, yes right. and no. They, they, uh, they, uh, they, 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 uh, the uh, Brookings Institute. Twenty-five years ago, the government told them what they knew about extraterrestrials. I, I know what the government knows uh, because I've remote viewed it, so I know what they know. Uh, uh, but uh, 25, 25 or thirty years ago, the Brookings Institute, which is a very prestigious institute. The government told them what they knew about extraterrestrials, and it was a lot. So they had Brookings go out and interview people and say, what, what if you, we know that extraterrestrials are here and, and uh, whatnot, and some, some stories. And they, uh, so they, they, went back to, uh, they went back to the government, and, and uh, Brookings said, don't tell them anything, ever. Because two things will happen. There will be a revolution amongst the religions, and the world economy will collapse within days. So since then, the, the government knows. I have. I edited his book. I read. It, I proofread his book before the publisher published it. And he he was a, he had a cosmic top secret clearance. And he says, you know, he says, come on, you know, all of us, we are we're compartmentalized. Uh, you know, in, in what we know, we, no, none of us know everything, but we know that the U.S. government has been dealing face-to-face -face with uh, extraterrestrials since about 1938 and face-to-face -face since 1943. We all know this. No big deal. And they've been, they've been the, uh, the extraterrestrials have been giving them secrets. And uh, so, you know, so, I mean, this thing gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And uh, Linda, I went to a talk that Linda Moulton Howe did and she said there's, there's uh, she uh, interviewed a I believe he was a captain in the Pentagon, and he got he got angry because he found he found out what what the the uh, the government was doing, and not telling us you know the American people. So he he got kind of he went to a a, a, you know, a colonel, high-ranking military officer, said you know I, I, this is this is driving me nuts. I'm I'm going to talk. So the the colonel patiently said, well son, no you can't do that because we we are never. He said, we are never going to tell the American people what we know about extraterrestrials. And I know what they know. So what? I don't blame them because, it, well, it, well, it's it's a lot. So, I mean, look, look at the wacko stuff that's going on around now with this Antifa and, and you know, 
you know, so all how this is stuff that is connected? Going, you know, how, how is that connected to this? Because people would overreact, and and you know, in, in burn burn cities, and same thing is going on now. It'd be the, you know, so that's why they they, they well, we could handle it. You 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 know, we could handle it, but the majority of people would freak out. They couldn't deal with it. They'd they'd revolt. Uh, well, I can you know, see where they would the, revolt because they would feel there's a, a higher uh, power that has uh, has more technology than our own government. Right. So why should we listen right. to our own government? I can see that kind of right. thing, but people right. going crazy, I don't see that as uh, as a reality. Maybe it is, but I don't see that because. Now it seems that people just accept that, yeah, there's UFOs in the sky. And the government has released a few things like the Tic Tac um, sighting and all of that. But, you know, they say they have ET technology. They're going to release a report on it. So I think people have been conditioned enough to know that this is happening. But it's like, okay, but who owns it? And it just seems to me that the government does want to own it, and that's why they won't release all this other information. It's about power and control. A small percentage of people would accept it because there's so many of us that want to know about it, right? Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, you know the, uh, 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 I, I know what the government knows. Some of these extraterrestrials are... They're 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 killing us, in, in a word. So you know, to to a lot of them, we are a herd of cattle. Charles Fort was right in 1921. All he all he did, all he had for research material was newspaper clippings. And when when he quit doing paranormal research, he he said the last words he said before he quit, says we are somebody's herd of cattle, and I totally agree with that. So uh, you know, some of these extraterrestrials. Are really messing with us. Yeah, they're killing us. So we and we they're need to know about this physically, or they're torturing yes, us psychologically. Yeah. No. no, they're actually killing people well, physically. Well, look, look what we're doing with animals, you know, and they're doing the same thing to us. They're, we're we're a, a herd of animals, and they're they're studying us. So, anyways, this kind of stuff that people, you know, the government doesn't want people to know. But if we know about it. See, my approach is through remote viewing. I, I've been trying, I've been hammering at this for years now. I'm a master remote viewer. I was born with a, the, the ability, so I can probe these things. I, I understand them. And I'm trying to, I, I, I say, I've said this a, a million times, I wish I could, I wish there were a million people that had the ability that I do, the remote viewing ability, because for one thing, there would be no more secrets, and we could talk to extraterrestrials. They would understand extraterrestrials. And they would leave us alone, you know. But people, you know, these good guys, bad guys. I'm, I, I really get sick of hearing that, because yeah, the bad guys are bad, and the good guys are really good. But it, it's a cliche now: good guys, bad guys. You know, white hats, black mm-hmm. hats. You know, it, it just messes things up. I mean, there's, there's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's an, it's an awareness that people just don't have. You know, and, and are they stupid? Yeah, a little bit. They are a little bit stupid because they don't have the willingness to find out. You know, mm-hmm. well, Tom, how do yeah. you know this? I says, well, you, well, you find out. I mean, you know, do the do what I did. You find out. Don't don't believe me. You find out. So you know, so that's what I'm up against. Well, and don't you find though, as you mentioned earlier, now that more people accept this, they don't try to debunk it. And there's just a lot of unanswered questions 
Let's put it that way. Well, you know, I'm trying to train people as remote viewers. I, I wish I had started this 50 years ago. I mean, when I was 50 years old, instead of 75. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, my, my batteries are running low on energy, and I, I just don't have the energy anymore. But I, I'm trying. My, my technique is, is so simple to train people how to remote view. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't charge them 2000 I on, on my Facebook page, go to my Facebook page, Tom Dongo, go back about 15 posts, and, and uh, there's, a, there's a post that I put, how to remote view. It's free. I told people, I'm not charging $2,000 for this. I'm giving it to you free. Read it. Read it. That's once great. You get to, yeah, you, once you get to the end of that, you will understand remote viewing, and you will know how to do it. But it's not going to happen in two days. Some people think they can try it for two days and be a, re be a remote viewer. I mean, that's the attitude these days of a lot of society. They think it's all instant. You know, it's not, it doesn't happen. You have to practice. And even, even, as, even, even with the abilities I have, I have, to, I have to practice it once in a while to kind of keep it sharp. So, well, sure, and it's just like what you were also talking about, communicating with extraterrestrials. It's something that you learn to do. But you continue to practice it, and through your remote viewing, you found a way to make it happen. But we've heard a lot of stories, you know, in our show, during our show, about ETs, reptilians. Some are good, some are bad. Some are, you know, hateful towards us. Some want to eat us for food, and others want to help. So it's, you know, it becomes this huge landscape of, okay, well, if you have an ET experience, you're going to trust it, trust them. Because how do you know who you're dealing with? Certainly the people on the reservation feel comfortable because nobody's being attacked or taken away forever and ever to be experimented on. So they have a whole different perspective based on their friendly experience, which is very exciting. But all of this undercurrent is what makes this whole field so difficult for many people to wrap their minds around. This, the rabbit hole is so deep, and there's so many races of extraterrestrials. So many of them have bases here. And like you said, so many are coming and going as they please. So there's, there's just a lot to take in. Well, I hate to say this, but, you know, from what I know and the, the, the hard research I've done, I, I would say at least 70% of these stories you hear are, are somebody's fantasy. It doesn't exist. They created it, and they believe it. That, that's mm -hmm. it, period. They, they've created a, re a reality that they believe. I mean, I read books, and I, some, some of them, somebody, somebody will tell me about a book, and I go, oh, God. I mean, this, this stuff has got to stop because none of this is true. And, you know, and I patiently listen to some people's stories. And, you know, it's, it's their it's – their, well, uh, uh, I'll tell you this story that, that – uh, uh, it was pretty common in Sedona for a long time. I have, the, I have the theory that a lot of people never had a childhood. So they get to be 45 or 50 or 55 years old, and they can have a childhood. And some of this stuff I see drives me insane because it's, 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 it's leading people in the wrong direction. It's, it's giving them the wrong information. So there was this one guy, and I, I don't remember his name. It was a long time ago, but, but he was a, a very successful real estate guy. He had nice cars, nice house. But he was, he was the gatekeeper of the universe, and he, he carried this uh, staff with crystals all over it and feathers and everything, and he'd carry it mo you know, most of the time. He'd have that. And uh, you know, you say, what are you doing with that? He says, I'm the gatekeeper of the universe. Total fantasy world. See, that's what I'm talking about. 
Yeah, I understand that's rather delusional uh, information. <laughs> so that's yeah. not a road we want to go down. But let's go no. to the Bradshaw Ranch. Now, that's a UFO hotspot. We understand it's no longer, there's no longer anybody living there. It was sold off to the government. But you have been there, and you've had experiences. And the photographs that you sent that are on our Blog Talk radio ad are just incredible. So tell us about this ranch, and who are the aliens that were visiting it? Well, you know, it really wasn't aliens and UFOs. It was uh, the Bradshaw Ranch for about five years was the most paranormal spot on the planet. And, and I, I was in the middle of all of it. And we, Three books have been written about the, the Bradshaw Ranch. And it's similar to the Skinwalker Ranch, but just a little different. Uh, uh, and the Stardust Ranch is totally different. To, uh, Stardust Ranch is, a, you know, it's another whole, whole different story. Uh, so anyway, uh, the Bradshaw Ranch, I, 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 uh, I, uh, I had heard about the Bradshaw Ranch when I first moved to Sedona. And I was dying to go out there because I heard the stories about all this strange stuff going on out there. So I got a letter from Linda Bradshaw. Would you please come out here? We, we've heard about your reputation and, and, uh, and as a researcher and all that. She said, will you please come out here? Uh, and and, uh, and we, I want to show you what, what I've discovered. So I went out there the next, the next day, uh, and uh, I, I, uh, she showed me. Uh, now, Linda Bradshaw and Linda Crystal in New York, at Pine Bush, New York, were the first to, they discovered orb photography. Linda Crystal and, and Linda Bradshaw okay. at about the same time. And, and they're both gone. They've both passed on. Uh, so anyway, Linda had these photographs of orbs. And I thought, wow, I've never seen anything like that. You know, uh, and, and so so anyway, I ended up spending four and a half years on the ranch, uh, not two or three Two or three or four nights a week, I drive out there every night and spend the spend be there until about one o'clock in the morning. So I was a witness to this stuff, you know. And what we did was, uh, we had uh, 35 millimeter cameras. We digital wasn't out yet then, <clears throat> so we would walk around at night taking flash pictures, uh, just random flash pictures, up, down, sideways, you know, any any direction. And sometimes we could see the things that that we that were the, the camera lit up, and and so it was really bizarre. But so the next day we would develop. We we we, we ran out of money. We couldn't we, we couldn't do the prints anymore. So we developed the the negatives and then look at the negatives with a with a uh, a, a magnifying glass, <clears throat> see if there was anything on it, and then then we would develop the print. So uh, uh, so anyway, that's what we did for uh, four and a half years. And then we got into digital, and digital is the same. It, it it's just as it's just as good. Both 35 millimeter and digital is just as good. But we never had a. We had camera crews from all over the world out there. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Japanese, Swiss, German, uh, 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 England. Uh, 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 yeah. Anyway, so so uh, we 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 would ask these these guys. You know, they'd come out there and do filming. Uh, on the Bradshaw Ranch, and uh, they, they'd see this stuff that was going on. They'd film it, you know, and, and uh, we, we were begging them to go back to your, your superiors, your bosses, and you've got the film, you've got vi you've got video evidence right there, and tell them we need we need equipment, we need cameras, we need every any any kind of scientific 
equipment we can get because we know this. We, we these things always end suddenly, always. That you know the research I've done, and uh, so. Uh, and, and they would go. They would go back to the the uh, their bosses and get shot down every single time. We, we would say, "We'll we'll give you leave a cameraman here. We will give you." All the rights, you know, to this stuff, and and you can do whatever you want to do with it. But le we need the scientific equipment because all we had were 35 millimeter cameras, point and shoot. That's all we could afford. Mm -hmm. The Bradshaws owned that big big ranch, but they didn't have any money. So, so anyway, it started from there, and and then uh, the experience. My my books are and merging merging dimensions. My new new book and it's selling great. Good thing so, because my publishers get. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's great, and congratulations. And, but here is a question for you, because we're talking about so many different things in the paranormal field with these ranches. They all have their own events. And it sounds like the Bradshaw Ranch, and especially from the photos I've seen, had a lot to do with crossing dimensions, interdimensionals versus ETs from other planets. Was that the case? Yeah. That, that's what my, my whole my whole theory is that that UFOs aren't coming you know millions of light years from somewhere they they're they're, in, they're dimensional they're coming from another dimension and like Bigfoot Bigfoot is a dimensional creature because it can materialize and dematerialize they can all do right. that how can they yes. do it yes you know but how do how, they how are they, they coming through a were they coming through a portal on the uh, Bradshaw Ranch. Well, there was a Bigfoot on the Bradshaw Ranch. It was a white Bigfoot. I've since learned there's a lot of there's people are studying. I just I just read a study on the uh, the the internet about a guy that's studying white Bigfeet, and I'm going, well, dang, you know, that's pretty that's pretty that's pretty interesting because I I always thought they were either black or brown, you know, or you know, some flavor in between that, but no, he's studying light colored Bigfeet, and I thought, well, doggone. So anyway, the uh, uh, Linda called this Bigfoot Big Girl. I think Big Girl's famous now. <laughs> People all over the internet talk about Big Girl. But I, I she was all a the, white all the, Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, about eight feet tall. Because my uh, understanding yeah. with the white Bigfoot is that they're almost like considered the uh, royalty of the tribes, or whatever you want to call them. There's something special about them in their own, you know, in their own kind. Is that true? Uh, I've never, I've never. You, good point. It could, could very well be. Why not? I no, I've never heard that before. But, but, uh, uh, you know, they, I, yeah, why not? So, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, what I was talking about, the, the crazy stuff that had, the almost, uh, almost unbelievable stuff, and we saw it every night. And I, I said this a million times. Anywhere around Sedona or the Bradshaw Ranch, you could go out any day or any night, and you would see something that would change your life. It was that dramatic here from about 1986 uh, to 1995. Any time, any day, you could go out into the canyon to see something that would change your life. So dramatic, so spectacular. Uh, so anyway, wait, uh, big, big girl. Linda, and I, I had a hard time with this, even though if you read my books, you'll see Merging Dimensions is all about the Bradshaw Ranch. And uh, we, uh, we uh, so... Uh, Linda would. Uh, oh, I'm getting that echo again. I'll move my phone around. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, any anyway. Uh, uh, so, big girl. Uh, so, Linda would leave food out in a tree, 
that only something eight feet tall could, could reach. And, you know, raccoons couldn't get at it. She showed me the tree. A raccoon would break, break the tree. So, uh, uh, so in the, in the, in the, in the, in the morning, the food would be gone, the grapes, bananas, whatever she left, and, and there would be sticks. There would be a, a patch of ground cleared on, on, on below the tree, and there'd be patterns, a pattern of sticks. And, and uh, 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 Linda used to say, that's big girl's way of, of thanking me for the food. Uh, so anyway, I thought, yeah, well, okay, that's kind of, kind of even, as, even with the wild stuff that's going on out here, I, I, it's hard for me to handle that. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, so uh, uh, we, uh, we, there was an old, there was a, an old Western movie set, Elvis Presley, John Wayne, Randolph Scott, Ma Maureen O'Hara, we're all there, uh, movies on that, that set, movie set, that old Western movie set on the Bradshaw Ranch, and, and so it, it was pretty falling down by the time I, I was out there. It was the, the only the only one that was still in good shape was was the saloon. <laughs> Everything else was pretty 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 messy. So anyway, Linda and I were coming out of the the the, uh, the old western town one night, and uh, there, were, there was nobody anywhere near us. You 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 to get to the, the any other direction except through the Bradshaw Ranch, <clears throat> you had to go through about a half a mile of cat's claw. Cat's claw bushes are impossible to get through. I've tried it. I try to cut them. You know, the cowboys call it the comeback plant. You get snagged on that thing, you got to go back because they, they're they're bushes with cats cats claws all over them, just like a cat. Yeah. And uh, so nobody, yeah, no, nobody. Oh, they're brutal. That you can't. I've tried cutting my way through them. It's impossible. You can't do it, mm -hmm. no matter how you do it. So anyway, we we heard big feet have. I'm sure you've heard this plenty of times. Big feet will pick up a log and smack a tree three times. That's one of their ways yes. of communicating. Loud knocks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so we we were go, we were all the way out of the ranch going up the hill, and we heard this bang, bang, bang. Something very strong, very powerful picked up a two by four or whatever and slammed it up against the side of a building. And I told Linda, I said, I'm a believer now. I, that's, there's nobody else <laughs> anywhere near. Yeah. So you know, and then and then I've, I've told this story about a million times on talk radio. And I I never get tired of it. The ranch hands thought we were nuts. I mean, I, I'm so used to people thinking I'm you know used to be a, a nutcase, you know. And so I, I was used to it even then, you know, the, the disbelievers. And uh, so uh, we uh, the, the ranch hands one day Linda Linda talked to them and she was. Uh, 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 they, they were going to go deer hunting on the ranch, and, and they, uh, they, 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 they disappeared out of sight with their rifles. And Linda said, about ten minutes later, they heard this. She heard this blood-curdling scream from way off down the ranch. You can clearly hear it inside the ranch house. And, and about 15 minutes later, these three guys come back, come back running the hundred-yard dash, and <laughs> ran up to the ranch house. Yeah, ran, ran up to the ranch house and threw the guns in the corner. They ran out yelling, "We believe, we believe, we believe!" And they jumped in the pick. They, yeah, they, they jumped in the pickup oh, and went into town. Funny. Yeah, yeah, went in town and got drunk. So yeah, so that I like that story. That's a great one. Well, let me ask you this because I'm getting some text questions here from listeners. How? Here's the question. We get this a lot also on the show. How can I communicate with extraterrestrials? So, what do you tell people about that? Uh, well, that's a hard one. They, they really won't communicate unless unless they want to. But I, I can tell you one thing for sure: 
if you think about extraterrestrials, they will they will pick up your thoughts. If you're if you're uh, well, let's say the Pleiadians, Billy Myers Pleiadians, you know, a, a certain group. Uh, I, I would not recommend any of the any of the uh, the humanoids, but extraterrestrials. If you're thinking about them uh, intently, they will hear your thoughts because they've done it to me hundreds of times. Uh, uh, you know, they, they, I would be thinking of something and they and they would do it, right? So I know that extraterrestrials. If you're thinking about them, uh, they, they will they will hear your thoughts. I can say that a hundred percent. With no doubt. Okay, so that if, if somebody wanted to communicate that way, they could think of them. And again, we're talking about the Pleiadians that look human. They are blonde and blue-eyed and fairly tall, from what I understand, and very beautiful. So you'd think of that type of ET, and hopefully you'd receive a message back. Well, you know, yeah. If if they choose to, they, they will they will they will do something for you. And incidentally, you know, th- there are books have been written about the, the tricksters. Well, extra human extraterrestrials love to play tricks on us. Um, 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 That's I know not that very for a fact. Nice. <laughs> no, no, it, no, it, it, no, it isn't. And I'll, I'll tell you, it really pisses me off because uh, how, how much time we got left? I'll tell you a couple of stories. We have How are we doing about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll tell you something weird, though, before we go forward. I looked at the clock, and it was like we walked into a time warp, because I can't believe we only have 30 minutes left in this show. Doesn't it feel I, the same way to you, PK? I, I can't get over how fast. When you asked for time, I looked at it, I went, 30 minutes. Oh, my God. I can't yeah, believe how I fast did. it's gone. I know you it. Fabulous I think with your story. We've crossed into another dimension with you, Tom. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> for sure. It does feel well, that way. Let me, yeah, yeah. Let, let me tell you about something that that uh, happened to me. I I, it's, I just put it on Facebook about something that happened to me. I I I've been doing treasure hunters, hu- treasure hunting for about 15 years in uh, in the Southwest with, with my partner Michael Greenup, and uh, we were we were up on the the uh, the General Crook Trail. It's on the Colorado Plateau in Arizona. We were about at eight, about 8,000 feet, and uh, you know I have, I have a lot of friends. I have, I have close Apache friends, close Zuni, uh, uh, close uh, Navajo. And anyway, so I, underst- I understand Indians very well, and so we we were doing where we were. We we, we were looking for a hundred million dollars worth of Apache ambush loot. We finally gave up after seven years. We had some of the world's best treasure dowsers working with us. We finally had to give up because we just couldn't. If it's there, and I know it is, we couldn't find it. They they ambushed a wagon train. One of the the wagons was loaded with, uh, had about a thousand pounds of gold coins on it, and the Apaches pushed it over a cliff and burned it, set it on fire. Because the northern Apaches only, only wanted guns, guns and horses. That's all. They, they had no, uh, they had no, no, uh, no use for gold. So anyway, we we were on. Uh, we we spent our time looking around up at the uh, on the. the uh, it was it was original Apache homeland, and we were finding their trails, their village locations. You know where they were, uh, and and uh, ambush sites, uh, cartridges. I've still got some of them. It said U.S. Cavalry on the back of them, stamped on the back of them, and, and uh, Apache war arrows, uh, obsidian war arrows. And wow. unfortunately, I traded, <laughs> I traded my best, 
my best Apache arrows to a a Peruvian shaman. I kind of wish I hadn't now because it was a bad trade. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, he, he was from Peru. He lived, lives in Peru. Peru. So anyway, we were. Uh, no, I mean this is the, this is the kind of stuff that happens to me, and I'm, I'm, a thousand times I've said, "Why me? Why me?" But so anyway, we we found this we found this strange hole. Uh, we we were way off in the middle of nowhere. We we had my friend's four wheel drive truck, and uh, we we, uh, we we found a very strange hole. It was just so in a far. I asked a forest ranger about it, and he said, "Well, it was probably a sinkhole. Those things do happen around here." So anyway, it was we we couldn't. It confounded us, so I went back to Michael's truck to get a metal detector, a pick, and a shovel. We were going to go around the, go around the hole with a, uh, a, a, a metal detector and see if there's anything down there, because sometimes there might be a million dollars worth of stuff in, in these holes. Sure. You know, uh, you know I, I, I can tell stories about that all night, about people that found, you know, you know, you know hundreds, a million, hundreds of millions of dollars of the gold bars. So, anyway... Uh, uh, we uh, we were in the middle so you got of a, your, pick, a, a, your pickaxe and your shovel, and you went back. and What did you find? Yeah. So we we were, I I got the pickaxe, the pick and the shovel, and, and a metal detector. And Michael was maybe 200 yards from me. I thought it was about 100 yards. I wrote on my my Facebook page, but it was actually probably close to 200 yards. And so I on the on the way back, we were in the, we were in a, a maple forest, eastern maples, and the ground was really treacherous the the leaves you couldn't tell how how deep the leaves were so i i had to be really careful but halfway back uh uh there was i saw a rock sticking out so i, I looked now this just, this happened in two seconds i looked down and i looked back up and i was in another canyon a mile a mile away from where i had just been uh oh my we, we had uh yeah and, and i i can prove i can prove that because michael was there he, he he was he got real worried because I, I didn't show up, and uh, and uh, so I've got somebody to back me up on that. It took me, it took I knew where I was because we'd been there the day before, so I knew exactly where he was. So whoever put me there, uh, I I just wrote about this on my Facebook. Whoever or whatever put me there landed me in a safe place. I mean I could have been landed on rocks or in the middle of a tree or something like that, but I was in a very safe spot. So uh, anyway, we uh, we uh, uh, I, I, I said we had two-way radios. We we did almost all the time, but I I had a I think I had both of them in my backpack. So Michael didn't know where I was. So it took me over an hour, and I got lost on the way because I didn't know the route to, to where exactly where he was. And with a with a metal detector and a heavy you know heavy metal detector and a pick and shovel, it was a brutal walk. Brutal. Ah. So finally. After a while, we, we kept yelling to each other, and uh, we, I, we located Michael. And, and where, I, where I actually was, if there was a valley there, if I had gone straight up the valley, I would have came out right where Michael was. But instead, I went up on the damn mountain, and had a, you know, <laughs> just had a brutal time, a brutal time with that, that weight I was carrying. Uh, so anyway, I mean, you, I can prove it. Michael, Michael Greenup. Would, but- Here's you know, my question we went about that, Tom. I mean, you talk about somebody moving you, but was it a portal you went through? It sounds like it. Yeah, I don't know, but that's a good that's a good question. I, you know, 
you know, that was, uh, that was, you know, uh, sacred Apache land. A lot of it was, and I, I understand, you know, about the Apaches, uh, the sacredness. So anyway, I, I, I was thinking, I've been thinking about this because so many people have posted on my, my Facebook page. When I looked down, when, when I was bringing my head up, it was like, it's like I, I, there was a, 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 some kind of a flash, a flick, like flicking a switch. And there was a little bit of a shock. I had to. I run this back through my mind many times, and there was an instantaneous shock. So that must have been when whatever was transporting me. Uh, th that must have been part of it. So, but I, you know, was it was it me that did it? No. Was it an extraterrestrial? No. Was it was it? Uh, you know, who, who did it? What did it? You know, you know. That's a, I. I can't remote view it. Not even be. Some things well, are yeah, but unremote. Your experience, it, it does remind me of David Polite's work with Missing 411, how people go missing and yep. may be going through a portal like that, but they don't end up in the same dimension. They end up somewhere yep. else. Yep. So but yep. you got yep. lucky Some, yep. that you yep. landed yep. in the same dimension and you knew your way back. Yep. But I'm yep. sure yep. a lot of those people who are gone for good can't find their way back. So... No. You know, and, and you're you're bringing up a lot of very interesting experiences, and I think so so many of them are interdimensional. And here's another example of that of how close we are to other other dimensions and how you can pass through. Now, wasn't Geronimo an Apache? Yeah. Indian. Yeah. Yeah. And Geronimo was known for going through these portals. He really knew how to work them. I mean, he would go through a portal and show up. 50 miles away in a matter of minutes. Yeah. So yeah. obviously that's something that he knew exactly what he was doing with those right. doorways. So right. it's very interesting. that, that And I don't you know, know, you know if, I, I, yeah. if Native Americans or Indians have kept that tradition alive and if there's anybody that knows how to do that like he did. Uh, you know, I, I know ancient Indian shamans. You know, my best friend is Cliff Mahuti. One of one of my best friends. One of my best friends is Cliff Mahuti. He's a Zuni elder. He's 76. And, mm -hmm. and Cliff and I have had long, long uh, conversations. And and you know the Indians, uh, there there are some things that I think are lost. But I would ask Cliff, and he'd say, you know, we just don't know. And, and some of these things are so paranormal, we never understood them either. Like dogmen. You know, I ask I, I ask Cliff, what do you think a dog man is? And he says, we don't know. We just know it's something paranormal that we can't explain. So, mm -hmm. the, you know, I think I think the the, uh, the Indians have forgotten a lot of, a lot of things because they were always been close to the earth. They they weren't immersed in asphalt and concrete like we are. They were all they always had their feet on the earth. So they were probably uh, uh, had had access to incredible. Uh, uh, abilities that they'd, they'd always ha have had, but you know th they've been eating so many hot dogs and drinking beer, and I'm not joking either, because I, I know I know what the Navajos have lost, and they, they've lost mm -hmm. their great healing techniques that I know of, and the, the Navajos could, were incredible healers, the, the old ones, and mm -hmm. they don't do it anymore. They're, they're watching TV and eating hot dogs, and so and so are the Hopi. Now the Hopi are a little bit better, but but they. The Hopi are uh, trying to hang on to their traditions, but uh, so anyway, D David Polides. Yeah, I agree. Somebody, somebody, somebody emailed me that today. Maybe they're they're going through a portal, and they never come back. 
Right. It could very well be. Because I, I can't yeah. remote view. What, what David Politi's he's studying, I can't remote view it. I've tried. I get nowhere. And he said so, that most remote viewers that have, have approached him have the same problem, that they, they yeah. can't see it. They, they can't see beyond it. And that, that's what makes me think that, yes, there, is, there are portals all over our planet that take people into other dimensions never to be seen again. And that psychics, mediums, remote viewers can't find them either, which is no. really interesting right. and very scary that that can happen in our parks or yeah. on reservations, yeah. anywhere. Well, two or 300,000 people disappear every year, and they're never found, not a trace of them. So uh, I'll tell you a story about something that happened on the Bradshaw Ranch. And uh, uh, Ancient Aliens was going to do a show on this. We 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 went back and forth for six months, and finally they got uh, they they had there were so many problems. They finally just dropped it. But uh, Linda Bradshaw and I were were uh, uh, on the uh, out doing our stuff one night, and the, the Bradshaws had seven dogs. If a dog wandered on lost dog landed wandered onto the ranch, they'd keep it. So mm-hmm. they had seven dogs, and they were all stayed outside. And it was uh, beach sand because the ocean has come and gone seven times here. Uh, and and uh, so it was all beach sand. The, the Bradshaw Ranch is sitting on a beach. <laughs> oh, nice. And uh, it's all be- yeah, beach, <laughs> beach sand. So, so the dogs would dig into the, the beach sand in, in, uh, in the summer to keep cool and in the winter to keep warm. So all the dogs were, uh, were uh, oh, shoot, I forgot what I was going with this. Um <laughs> Oh shoot! I totally forgot where I was going with this. Uh, what were like we a talking great story, about? Story though. So what happened to the dogs? They had a, well, they, their they, own they, paranormal they... adventure. Oh no! Okay, so no. Okay, I, I got. Uh, I'm old. Bear with me. So, okay. so anyway, so, there was a. a I hit... every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was there was a there was a. Yeah, my mind wandered something awful. Uh, you know, like I've always said, my, my mouth is always three seconds ahead of my brain, and that's that's you know, gets me into all kinds of trouble. So anyway, uh, the uh, we didn't know it, but there was a, a humanoid creature walk, watch, walking us, watching us. Probably all it was about nine o'clock at night, and it had probably always been we've been there, and it was next to a, a post. There was an old apple orchard there that never worked. It never it never quite made it, but the Trees, trees are still there. The live ones, the dead ones, and the, the fence. So it, it was, it was standing next to a post. It was a creature, and uh, and uh, so so uh, uh, it, it, uh, we had three and a half candle, million candle power spotlights that we we had, and uh, so we we uh, we were, we were sh- oh oh the dogs, the dogs suddenly simultaneously got up and, and start running full speed towards the apple orchard. So we we shined our spotlights in that direction to see what the dogs were after, and uh, so the, both spotlights fell on a, a, a humanoid creature that was running. It was uh, five foot eight inches tall. Uh, it had it, everything on it was brown: skin, hair, shoes, clothes. Everything was brown, uh, a fairly light brown. Everything, and it didn't. It, it it ran diagonally away from us. It didn't look at us because these these things, <clears throat> all the time I, I was on the Bradshaw Ranch, these things did not want us to see their face full on. They would turn or whatever. We get a picture. We get a photograph. You know the the blue haired man. It's 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 all over the internet. The blue haired man is, is a typical th- one. 
Linda, mm-hmm. Linda got a shot of this man that was interdimensional. As, as I say, it's the only inter- photograph of a real interdimensional man, human man, ever taken. We call, wow. I, we call it the blue-haired man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so this 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 uh, this creature is running as fast as it can go, diagonally away from us, and it got to a, a yucca plant. So I, I know I knew how tall it was, and it, it just blinked out, just like that, blinked out. And the dogs caught up with it, and they milled around, and and uh, and it came back. So uh, 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 ancient aliens was going to re- do a reenactment of this. And uh, That's a great uh, travel, story. the travel, mm-hmm. yeah, and the, tra- the travel channel actually did a few reenact some of my stuff, you know, which is kind of <laughs> a little hokey, but it was fun to watch. So anyway, oh, Linda and I went out the other next, yeah. yeah. So Linda and I went out there the next day, and uh, we, we expected to see some tracks. Because th- this thing was, you know, it was running, and it looked like it was on the ground, but there were no tracks. There were only dog tracks. And, and a, mm-hmm. you know, and a, and a mouse, a mouse would have left tracks. The sand was so soft. So we knew exactly where this thing disappeared. We figured it must have run into a portal, right? So we're, right. we're, we're, sticking our, we're sticking our arms through this. Can you see my arm? Did my arm disappear, you know? And, and uh, you know, and we were doing that stuff for a couple of hours, and you know, nothing happened. We went around to the back and tried it that way. Can you see just my arm sticking out, you know? And so, you know, if it was a portal, it, it was. It, it didn't affect us any, and we weren't going to be stupid enough to just walk into it, you know, disappear no. and come back. You know, we, well, you know, and also, we might... I, my understanding about portals is that there are beings that can create portals. So they don't have to be permanently attached to any particular place on the planet. Some of them are, certainly. But some beings just create their own. And I've heard Bigfoot can also do that. So I'm not sure if that's true. I don't have a lot of information about it, but I've heard stories about it. So there's a number of different kinds of portals. So maybe this man in brown created his own portal to blink out. Yeah, I, I know nothing about that, but I've I've heard that many times too. But I, I know absolutely nothing about it. That's a great story, though. Yeah. So it sounds like it, at the Bradshaw Ranch, it sounds like things were okay. They were interesting. Nobody ever got hurt or attacked or anything like that. No. That's no. true. That's good. Yeah, yeah. The, the you know the, the, the I tell people. Those whatever was on that ranch could have killed Linda and I any time or hurt us, and, and we were never hurt in any way. It got to the point after about three years of being out there, Linda and I had this pact: if, if they kill us, we're, we're going to push this thing to the limit because we knew it was going to. Uh, we, we we knew it was going to it was going to stop. So we, we we you know we, everything we got, we gave it away. We we never tried to make money on this stuff. We you know we were. You know, pretty poor ourselves, but we we never we, we gave everything away. Uh, mm-hmm. So we we knew this was going to end. So we we were just going to make maybe do something great for humanity, right? Yeah. So we uh, yeah. So so we 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 had a pact one night. If they kill us, if we die doing this, we're going to push it to the limit whenever we can, and we did. Linda was an awesome person. You know, her husband Bob. <laughs> Bob was a—he was a typical redneck Arizona cowboy. He, he was—he was there in 1949. He bought that ranch in 1949, and he—he—he uh, he, uh, he had a, a disc—a disc surrounded by white spheres land right in front of him on the ranch one one night. 
one day. He, he was on national TV on Paranormal, Border, Paranormal Borderline, Jonathan Frakes, uh, with this story, telling about this story. And uh, so that was enough for him. He didn't want to see any more. And, we, we, you know, Linda would go in there and say, Bob, you've got to come out and see this. And he would not. <laughs> he'd stay in yeah, he'd stay in there like, and no, watch TV. He, he, yeah, no, he, he would not come out. He, he believed it. He knew what we were dealing with, but he, he didn't want to see any more after that disc landed in front of him. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I would love to Strange. see that. How about you, PK? Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> yeah. Incredible. to it. <clears throat> but, yeah, some yeah. people aren't cut out for it. Some people don't want to explore it, and that's fine, too. You know, it's their prerogative. But the Bradshaw yeah. Ranch does sound like a, a real highway of interdimensional beings. And those That's incredible sure. photos you have in your book of the orbs. I know you sent uh, yeah. sent us a couple of them. There's like hundreds, thousands of orbs that you took pictures of. Well, you know, I, I kind of brag about this. Linda Bradshaw and I were the, probably the first people in the world to, to study orbs. <clears throat> you know, there, there are, there's a, a guy with a Ph.D. in Michigan, and I can't remember his name, but he wrote a book about orbs. And orbs are living things. They're, they're alive. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm trying to cut this a little bit short. Uh, but we, we learned that uh, because we could see them flying around on the ranch. It used to be very common. It, 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 it never happens anymore. I, have, I haven't seen them for five years out there. But the, these, they, they were spheres anywhere from six inches to 50 feet. I've seen them 50 feet across. And uh, they, they were... They were, they were yeah. Oh, yeah. It, 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 uh, <clears throat> uh, oh, I got so many stories running through my mind. Uh, but uh, they, they would. Uh, they, we, uh, Linda and I saw these things for years, and we uh, we uh, um, um, one night we we thought they were planes landing at the the Cottonwood Airport. And, and one night I said, Linda, you know, I don't think those are planes landing. I think they're something else. So we started playing Morse code games with these things with our spotlights, and they answered. You know, we oh do three, 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 four, four. Two. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. So anyway, that started the whole thing. And so we studied. We were the first ones to study orbs, and they are living beings. They're alive. Most of them. They, you know, I did I did UFO tours for 23 years. Tours. I had a tour company for 23 years. I'm retired now. But I had a UFO tour one night, and this guy was going to prove that they were they, it was orbs with dust. So, so he paid. So, go for it. So he he was out there throwing dust in the air all night long, taking flash pictures with his camera. He came back and his, he had dust all over, and his, and his camera was full of dust. And he says they're not dust. So, <laughs> yeah. so he discovered that for him. He had a change of mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, what an adventure with this ranch. It's just too bad it's, it's not there anymore. And not, I mean, you said people can walk right into it and everything, but the buildings are, nobody's living there. It's deserted. So that's kind of too bad. No, it's, it, yeah, it's it's in ruins. I mean, the, the, the doors and windows are all smashed in. The weeds are waist high. So. I went on YouTube today and took a look at the remnants of it. It, I would imagine it was fabulous in its glory days. Well, it was it was a home, you know, and it was really nice. Mm -hmm. It was really comfortable. I, I loved being out there. Um, yeah. It feels, uh, you it know, feels a, good, though, when you look at it. 
way yeah, it stretched. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a real nice, homey place, you know, and it was in the middle of nowhere. There was nobody around, no traffic, noise, nothing to, you know, nothing to but, but the strange stuff. You know, and, and you know, we, we were never afraid of this stuff. And, I mean, I could go on for another two hours telling stories about the Bradshaw Ranch, but, but they, they never, you know, they, uh, you know, it, I, I've heard, I've, I've told people some of this stuff. They say, "Oh, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. That's scary." You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's negative. And I said, "Well, okay, fine. I wasn't bothered. You know, I wasn't bothered any, but they used to drive me nuts. Oh, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. That's, that's fear. That's, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, dark." All right, fine, whatever. Have it. You know, it didn't bother me any. Yeah, and I'm sure that, you know we know people that think that way, and they're skeptics, and they're just a big you know downer when it comes to the paranormal. And yeah, I think some of them like to feel that they're totally in control of their own little worlds, but that's really not the case. And there are yeah, so many point. intersections of paranormal events, and, and there are a lot of people who don't want to see them that way, don't want to experience it that way. So that's fine. That's their prerogative. But there's so much going on yeah. in the world today, and there are so many people witnessing UFOs in the sky and can tell a reasonable and credible story about having uh, a connection with these extraterrestrials, positive or negative. Mm-hmm. So people, yeah. are, I think, are beginning to accept the reality here. And I, I don't know. We've been told. Here's another thing. Um, maybe you can... Take a look into the future with your remote viewing and tell us if this guy's right. Mm-hmm. He was a captain. He still is a captain and in the military. And he says that eventually within the next, what did he say, PK, year and a half or so, there's going to be a, a public alien presence on this planet. We're all going to know it. Have you seen that when you remote view into the future? Oh, you know, you know supposedly Whitney Strieber was told just weeks ago, and I, I spoke, I, I never met him, but I spoke just, just ahead of him at a, at a UFO co- uh, conference. Uh, yeah, he, he was told that we will not come in until we are humanity's last chance. Uh, I suspect that's true. But I've argued with extraterrestrials. Why don't you come in now? And, and they real, they're really hard-nosed about this stuff. I mean, I have literally argued with them because I mm-hmm. can I could communicate with them, and they they really they really beat around the bush. Now, I think they're afraid of us. Uh, well, they're I'm they're sure afraid they of a reaction. Why wouldn't they be? Look at us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, so I, I mean, a lot of our our listeners and I I am of the same mind. I think that's yeah. fine. So they don't want to save us or save the planet or make a big splash about it. But they can work, as you mentioned, and they do with individuals to pass on mm-hmm. their knowledge. And I think they should do more of that because there are a lot of very worthy people who would love to uh, sit at their feet and learn and and take the information forward in a really positive way. I just don't think they're making the effort. Now, maybe I'm not traveling in the right circles, but we're not hearing much about that at all. I don't think we've heard about it at all. Right, PK? No, definitely. The thing is, are we allowing them to realize we really want to know 
we really want to work with it. Yeah, we'd like to and learn. I mean, there's so many people that would love to be students of healing and other things with ETs. It just seems like they're off on their own agenda. And my point is, well, hey, if you're on our planet and you see that there are people who are willing to learn these things and take them forward and help other people, why not? That's very different from coming in here and saying, we're going to help you morons um, save your own planet. It's, it's a much more personal and individual connection, which I'm sure they can do. And based on what you said tonight, they do it, but I don't think they're doing enough of it. I think they've got to learn well, to trust. And I, I don't yeah, think many yeah, of them yeah. are trustworthy. Yeah. No, no, you know, there are some that would, would kill them on sight. That, that has happened. So they're not fools. You know, they, they've been machine gunned and that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it has happened. So they're, they're not fools. I mean, they're not, they're, there are some people that are trigger happy. See, they see an oh, extraterrestrial sure. and they're going to start, yeah, and they're going to start but shooting. But I would think they, I know would what, know, they would know who's who and who to contact yeah, yeah. to pass on yeah. this kind of information. It's much like when you talk about the Native American tribes, they're not passing the knowledge on anymore, which is a terrible no. loss for everybody. And yeah. this, I think, uh, this this passage of information, knowledge, healing abilities, whatever you want to call it, it, it could happen. It could happen more often. There's lots of people on the planet who are good and who would be willing to carry these things forward. And I just don't, I just wish they, let me put it in a positive way, I wish they would do more of yeah. it. I really do. Well, I, I, I can tell you one thing they don't want. They don't want to be worshipped. They're afraid oh, yeah. of that. Sure. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure, uh, but hopefully, you know, some of us have evolved enough to know that you're your own guru yeah. and you take knowledge just as you would if you were a Native American listening to an elder. You would want that knowledge to be passed on and, and, and make yeah. the world a better place. But, Tom, well, we're know, about to know, run out of time. I can't believe yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I know. Yeah, I know. I got I got to say one yeah, yeah, I got to say one thing. You know, the reason I I have mass a massive massive knowledge that if if I if I I pass it on, so maybe just maybe I can create a hundredth monkey that will trigger everybody else that's on the verge of uh ascension for a better word, but but that's that the main reason what I do. Yeah. That that's what it that's great. Yeah. Well, again, I want to tell everybody to buy your book, Merging Dimensions. Go to your website. Take a look at everything you have there, including your remote viewing technique. This has been a wonderful evening, Tom. We'd love for you to come back. Oh, okay, definitely. Okay, yeah, just, yeah, 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 let me, let, yeah, uh, yeah, let me know. Uh, well, we'll, we'll, be in, we'll be in contact. Definitely. Okay, great. Okay, everybody, we'll be back next week with another exciting show. Until then, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girls.
step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.